I've always felt different. I've always seen things, but when I tried to express them as a child, I was always told to ignore it. There were people that I didn't know that came to me and said, I have this message that I keep getting that I have to deliver to you. All of a sudden, out of the shadows, a homeless man just jumped right in front of me, and he said, I'm a soul just like you. I love it. I wanted to understand the universe and who and what we are and what are we doing here. We're all part of this amazing soul wave tapping into each other. This was a major life changer. You are a light. You have helped me a ton. Thank you. You've given me the courage to live more from my soul. Millions of people are awakening. So wake up with Michelle Miche. Be pleased to hear the best-selling authors and experts in the fields of cutting-edge self-help, personal growth, metaphysics, and spirituality. The soul path of awakening. Understand what living awake is. Hello, Radiant Life. Happy giving thanks for Thanksgiving if you're in the United States. I like to call it giving thanks, kind of a re, retooling, reshaping of it. Um, always great to connect with all of you. Really, it is. Oh, such a joy, such a joy. Hello in the chat. Good to connect with you all, my co-hosts cohorts and sound engineers anchoring the energy in the chat. So means a lot that you're here. Um, if you're just getting here and you want to listen in the chat, that's great. If you want to listen by phone, that number is 347-539-5122 and press 1 on the keypad. Um, you need to press 1. I do see people in the queue. Yay. Uh, questions, comments. Anything that you want to share or if you'd like a reading, that number is 347-539-5122. Press 1 on your keypad. That gets you in the queue and lets me know that you have a question or you want a reading. Ah, Radiant Light. Yes. Um, Also, if you want to connect with me further and do some deep dives, more personal work with me in a very um, kind of comfortable way you can connect with me on my patreon and do the um soul path journey with michelle you can always connect with me further also on instagram face course soul awakening on youtube um my youtube channel which after this i'm before uh client sessions i am going to be diving into the energies of the rest of this week and also uh, for December. So I kind of want to touch on a little bit of that, um, what I've been getting. Of course, we have a lunar eclipse coming up. Yes, full moon uh, lunar eclipse coming up, and then we have a solar eclipse on the 14th. I believe the lunar eclipse is on the 30th. Yes, let me check that. Let me make let me make sure. But I've been writing about it um, for my blog because I do um, monthly numerology on my blog and just general tune in. And then I also look at the um, the lunar uh, cycles as well. So we've got the Gemini full moon. Um, it's powerful. Think about what you were doing last uh, six months ago during Gemini time. Uh, Gemini, obviously, uh, opposite or complementary sign to Sagittarius. This is a very powerful lunar eclipse. Um, It's not going to be so subtle. I think the Scorpio one was pretty, uh, Scorpio moon was pretty uh, subtle. No, Taurus, Taurus, it was Taurus full moon. 
Um, this one, it's, it's, it's tickling those nodes, North Node and Gemini, South Node and Sagittarius. Um, and yeah, in a, in a way that um, <laughs> is kind of asking yourself, what is, what is your calling? What are you called to do? So there could be a lot, almost like a retrograde energy. There could be a lot of clearing up of communication for people. Um, maybe things could get a little testy. There's a lot of emotional, there's a strong emotional component, which there always is to a lunar eclipse, but I don't usually feel them that much, actually. I mean, I do subtly, but there's going to be, just heads up, everyone, there's going to be some jarring energy whether within yourself, and I feel like it's this call to change, call to do things differently, but really not just thinking about it and so-so doing it. You're going to really be called to make some, this is a preparation for making some um, decisions. And of course, an eclipse, it, it both highlights something the solar, it, it um, in a way, hides something or removes something, right? The lunar kind of stirs things up, you know, like putting your hand in a beehive a little bit. And this one has a lot to do with choices and also moving into it in an, um, a frame of mind where you can't always make your choices by analyzing and by logic and reason alone. It's like trusting your intuition, your gut knowing or something that's been kind of gnawing at you or bugging you or you keep dreaming about or seeing signs about or you keep thinking about and your, your attention keeps drifting there. And a lot of times what we do is we just ignore it, right? We just kind of, oh, you know, I'll get to that or, you know, let me think of something else. But this is deep messages, messages that you wouldn't normally be able to get that are coming from your soul. It's a direction to connect more to your higher self. And, of course, that Gemini energy is the lower and higher nature, little self, lower self, the masculine, feminine. It, Gemini expresses as duality. I just did a post on this in my awakening, Awakenings page, the Awakenings um, group page, if you want to check it out. And that, someone had asked a question about how to move, what does it mean to move out of duality? And, you know, and that we can't make our decisions from there. Well, that's what Gemini teaches us because ultimately, which, you know, Gemini represents, you know, the, the lover's part of the lovers is represented by Gemini. It's that conjunctio. It's that inner marriage, the divine marriage. It's extremely metaphysical because it is the masculine and feminine as the, as the principles, the two principles of creation, co-creation and creation. But to solve any problem, and Jung talked about this, Einstein said you can't solve the same problem within the mindset. I'm very much paraphrasing this. So until we get out of only looking at things dualistically, which is what happens in the lovers, it's the call for the other. You know, it's not about a male body or female body. It's about a call from the other to complete. But ultimately, you understand that nobody completes you but you. You can have people or situations or circumstances that complement you, that support you, that enhance you. 
but to look for completion in another or the other or external circumstances. And that's what the lovers brings up. It, it brings up that awareness of, hey, what are you really going for here? You know, it's this reconciling of the opposites where then you begin to see them as compliments or complementary energy. So I feel like this is a very interesting when you look. I've also last night watched a couple other readers on YouTube um, that also saw the energy. It's just a very bizarre energy. It's starting this uh, end of this week on. It's it's very um, conflicting, and if you are a sensitive empath or sensitive to energy, you're going to be able to see and feel how there is these two dominant forces vying for power, these oppositional forces externally, maybe even within yourself with what you know you need to do or what should you do or what do you really want to do or what do you have to, you know, there's going to be this vying. But the key out of any opposition, harmony through conflict, conflict, there's one point and another point. It's adversarial. But the way to end conflict for a long period of time or forever is to resolve it, not by fighting or by being, staying stuck in the oppositional force, but to rise above and go into the middle way, is to ascend where you can see both points of view. And from both points of view, a middle way is created. And that's how creation works, right? There's undifferentiated source energies of the all that is, it, it, that hasn't taken shape and form. That's ultimately a vibrational uh, wavelength, right? The vibrational frequency. You know, and we know this from physics, physics to quantum physics to, um, you know, that the, first we thought there was the atom. The atom was the smallest form, and then it became the proton, and then it was the quark. And then in further research, what was re- what was revealed beyond the quark, which can be, all those can be measured, is just a vibrational energy, vibrational frequency, vibrational wavelength, an energy that is just vibratory. So all in the vibration, all is there. It gets, it gets differentiated or gets separated out into form, ways of expression, form, beliefs. Beliefs are a form. But as long as we stay stuck in the beliefs, like in string theory, you can have many possibilities because out of that vibrational frequency, out of that vibrational energy, right, it can go many ways. It can go A, it can go B, it can go Z, it can go up, it can go down, it can go left, right, blue, red, pink, purple, man, woman, combination man, woman, combination woman, man, <laughs> dog, tree. It can take many forms. So the call is going to be how do you get more into understanding that what you choose to believe and act upon is simply a preference and it doesn't necessarily mean it's the truth and it may or may be the best thing and maybe the truth in the moment it might be the healthiest thing in the moment but then that can change how can you see yourself more as energy and all of life playing out these different options and theories and beliefs and ideas energetically taking shape and form because to change them, to change what's the oppositional force, to change the fighting, 
to change what we don't like, we have to see how we have a part of that in us because we are part of the whole. So as I change more within me and have more peace and calm and I unify within me, that affects the pool of the collective unconsciousness. Which again, Gemini has to do with what is conscious and what is unconscious. The higher self is the mediating aspect of what's conscious and unconscious, from the soul to the ego or or the avatar part of us. So it's going to be a deep dive. This is a very interesting energy pattern that is coming in that highlights this north node in in Gemini, south node in Sagittarius, which I did a whole, I did do a video. I think I did it live. So if you go to my YouTube channel, it's in the uploads, it's in the live, where I talked about the, um, basically, you know, in easy to understand terms, what the significance of the north node and Gemini, south node and Sagittarius has, you know, and what does it mean collect as a collective and what does it mean individually for people? Because the Sagittarius rule is the South, though. So the Sagittarius has to do with truth, philosophy, religion. It's ruled by Jupiter, so it has to do with idealism. It can be fanatical, though. It has to do with nature. It has to do with, um, similar to, in a way, Libra, with justice. It wants things that are just and fair, truthful, honest. But our version is changing, and it changes through the the North Node in Gemini. It changes through all of us communicating our truth, our little truth, and living that. Gemini is the broadcaster also, rules communication, right, because Mercury rules Gemini. So you may find you're going to be more vocal the next couple weeks. At least even with yourself, you're gonna things are gonna if they annoy you, they're really gonna annoy you. You're gonna be seeing more of what your truth is as as opposed to other people's truth. So all of it it's kinda of exciting. I mean it's yeah, it's a little jarring in a way. I mean, I to me everything I, I look at where we're going. This is all setting us up for 2021 and beyond between 2021 and actually 2021 to 2023 there's going to be some huge dynamic change um and tumult you know there's going to be a lot of uprising um and then what comes of that will start taking more shape and form in 2025 so you probably are going to want to be more vocal or others are going to be more vocal of what they like and don't like and what works and doesn't work or even or feeling that out and finding that out for yourself. Even because Gemini also rules mind, lower mind, the mental realm. You could look at Sagittarius as the higher mind or collective mind, uh, the idea of God. But that has to all be revised. It's the self-known. So we have a foundation in that. But we're finding our way through exploring this idea of duality, of us and them, in and out, within, without, masculine, feminine. We're, we're finding our way through our own processing and, and self-evaluation to have self-realization, to actualize the, the self. So 
you know, Gemini has a, has a lot to do with this whole idea of the mind, the mental realm. How do you think? And how do you get along? It also has to do, similar to Aquarius, with communities, small groups, gathering with small groups. And with that Sagittarius energy, it's bringing an awareness of how am I connecting with others in, in ways that think like me. Now, mind you, Gemini is able to ha- handle opposing views just for the heck of it. If <laughs> you ever see anybody at a party, a dinner party, cocktail party, tea party, whatever, potluck, whatever it is, that can, loves to communicate and doesn't, usually Gemini does not get charged by hearing other people's point of view, the, the higher octave Gemini, could b- believe something totally different than what somebody is talking to them about, but will entertain, and this is the key, entertain different points of view or ideas. Gemini loves to research. It loves to chit-chat. Gemini is the part that goes online and scrolls and, oh, this is an interesting article and reads this, reads that. Back in the day, it would be the newspaper. Uh, my dad was Gemini, and sometimes we'd hang out with my friends, um, this old cafe we used to go to, the Panikin, and he would just listen, everybody, you know, chit-chatting, this this idea, this belief, I know this, this re- about religion, and then he would just come up with something, you know, just like this bomb, you know, of insight or something he researched. Uh, I remember one time we were talking and somebody was talking about colleges or Ivy Leagues and, um, you know, since I'm part, you know, Mexican and uh, French and Puerto Rican, my dad was like, you know, proud of his Mexican roots. And he's like, well, all of California was Mexico, you know, and he goes, and the first university here was in Mexico because my, my grandfather was a linguist and spoke seven or seven languages. Um, and people didn't know that. They had to look it up. You know, they Googled it. And like, oh, that's right. Because they were talking about Boston and this Ivy League school. So my dad, and I, afterwards when we left, I'm like, Dad, I didn't know that. He goes, oh, Miha, you don't, I, you don't know how much I know. <laughs> Surface stuff. But that's what I'm talking about. That's Gemini. Gemini likes to chit-chat, likes to research, you know, cocktail party over coffee, and, 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 and enjoys hearing how, how other people think and feel or where they come from. We need to get a little more like that. If we're going to get through the problems, whether they're individual, family, friend, community, or at the, um, you know, worldly level, we have to be able to chit-chat. Even if you think someone is full of, you know what, BS, just to hear them out, just to chit-chat, just to chit-chat, just to listen or over-listen, you know, eavesdrop on the chit-chat and, and tell yourself, oh, that's an interesting point of view. Instead of going right away into the opposition that they're wrong, they may very well be wrong. But if you can kind of take a lighter, Gemini is very light, it likes variety. If you can keep it light and go, oh, that's an interesting point of view, or they really do think that way. Or I wonder where their thinking comes from. Is it wounding? Is it upbringing? Did they learn it in a book? Did they watch a movie or a documentary? That's what a healthy Gemini would be doing and just kind of not get in the fight of it, you know, like eavesdropping at the the, the dinner party, you know, 
listening to what each person is saying until you find someone that really interests you. So a lot is going to come up about your interest right now. What are you really interested in? Not out of forcing, but out of genuine interest. Hobbies. Hobbies take more key presidents now. Learning something new. You know, Gemini, uh, Virgo, will by Mercury is a teacher. Sharing information, sharing insights, depending on learning, teaching. Gemini likes to learn different things, even if it's on a surface level, just to have it. You know, they, usually a lot of Geminis, or if you have a lot of Gemini, or depending how it's aspected in your chart, you will remember little facts and figures, little tidbits here, trivia. So there is going to be this idea of can I lighten up even though if I have the big truth, if I understand, even if I'm coming from the higher perspective or the most highest, most expanded aspect of consciousness, coming from the most aware, awake, enlightened place, can I still entertain or listen to someone else's point of view without getting oppositional, without getting triggered. Just like a child may say, Mom, Dad, I think the sun is green. Oh, okay. I mean, do you have to get oppositional about the color of it or the perception? Maybe it has a green tint. Anybody ever seen in Southern California, a lot of times when we have the... the um, Sunset, there is a green flash. So it's possible to have looked at the sun and seen that green flash and then come up with the idea that the sun is green. So rather than shutting yourself down or others down, is just leave it open. Leave it open and see what transpires. So it's going to be an interesting time. We're really, we're kind of getting in the... Uh, you know, we're, we're moving edging more into the Aquarian age. We, we're moving out of what I say, the foyer, into one ballroom, into the bigger ballroom. You know, we're moving more into it. And so these collective energies are working upon us, are within us, are getting activated. We're embodying more of this energy and hopefully transmitting it, broadcasting it, and also receiving it back, getting a higher octave of things, a higher octave of understanding, even if we get tripped up, it doesn't matter. We, can, we all get tripped up. We all, you know, whether it's certain behaviors or ideas or we get depressed or sad or angry or upset, the human aspect of us, that, that's not our total consciousness. That's an aspect of us. But hopefully we're opening to what's more inclusive, what's more expansive. What's more whole? What's coming from more wholeness? If you saw my one of my readings for this week, connecting to the hologram. The hologram of everything and everyone. The hologram, how can we come more and more from wholeness within ourselves and within our situations? How can we come more from that? And that will pull us up and out of any stuckness or difficulty just opening the, to the possibility of something more, 
or something new or something different or the possibility of something turning around to our liking or something more life-enhancing or something even better than what we've even imagined. Just holding that possibility gets you out of the extremes of polarity, gets you out of being stuck like, you know, the ping pong ball. I got to think of that video game. It was an old video game where it kind of, it looked like uh, ping pong, kind of back and forth, back and forth. Um, we get we get stuck there. If we only see only two possibilities, that can be very daunting, especially if you don't like either one of them, or one is bad and one is worse, or one is okay and one is humdrum. So holding that space for something else that you can't yet see that might even be better, more life-enhancing, more interesting, more abundant, more prosperous, prosperous, more loving, pulls you into source energies, pulls you into creativity, pulls you into the causal point that you're not acting and reacting through the effect, being the effect. We move into the causal point of consciousness, of source energies. All right, everyone, we'll get to callers now. Uh, Stick around, second half of the program, we have our guest, uh, Deborah Keston on, founder of Whole Person Integrative Eating. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that. She's got um, this whole person integrative eating. Very, very interesting. All right, let's get to callers. Let's go. Uh, if, if I see a lot of people in the queue. If you are uh, wanting a reading or to chat or say hi, you want to get on air live at numbers 347-539-5122 and press 1 on your keypad. Make sure you press 1 on your keypad. Hello, welcome Hello. to the program. You're on air. Hi, it's Amla. How are you? Amla, I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, I have a question. Like, from now until, um, let's say, how about January 1st, the new year? Um, mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if my social life will be <laughs> getting better. It's just been so stagnant I haven't been that meeting like it's just so hard because I'm a light worker I'm really spiritual so hard to meet people on my wavelength you feel or sense something mm. happening well are, are you getting what are you doing I'm online a lot in the sense of you know with COVID and everything but it's not only that it's just a matter of like finding people who actually do the work you know how it is. Yeah. You know, if you, if yeah. you say something, you're not doing it. I'm yeah. a doer. I practice it. I am a light worker, and I do the work, and I'm authentic. That's what I'm looking for. It's very difficult sometimes because you could be in the right groups, but are there really people doing their own? They're preaching more than they're doing their own work, you know? Yes, yes. Yes. And unfortunately, that's all. That's always, and those people fall more into the mainstream reality, yes. mainstream consciousness. So, um, yeah, I had to, I realized that a long time ago because it happened in dating. Where I'd see people have these books, and I'm like, oh, cool, oh, cool. But then yes. I realized they hadn't read them or did the work. <laughs> they just they you know the book was cool, or they or we'd go to the metaphysical bookstore and they get a book, and then you know. So let's look and see. By the way, I do feel like all of what's happening, this kind of choosing, and unfortunately I know it, it, it's a little bit um, 
daunting and disappointing right now. Yes. Because many of us are having to choose, and we're not even doing it like thinking about it. We just are not able to be around certain people or certain activities. And so it means that there's there's not as many people in your um, social network, your pool, your true pool, your 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 soul group or soul, even more importantly, soul tribe that really get you, soul tribe, soul family, soul family, really, friends that are like family. But then after this piece, I am hearing, uh, Alma, that things will change, that there will be almost like this vacuum is being created, this space to draw in those people. Okay. So let's see for you. Do you feel when that might be happening? Do you, is that the time, like like January or something? Or oh, maybe January, but I'm thinking more February. Okay, February on. I feel like um, people that she's aligned with. Um, some of it in between all this is going to be in person, and I do yes. feel like keep saying like this underground railroad, this underground society. I feel like there's going to be quite a few people that are doing things, whether business, uh, yes, connecting, socializing. That's you know, yeah, kind of underground in a way. And so then you're going to see who really it gets you, who's who's you know yeah, who's doing the work, who, yeah. who's living it. I I just want to share something like I'm using a lot of discernment. Like, honestly, I'd rather be with divineness and myself than to just be random people. Like just, it doesn't make sense. You know, life is precious, right? Life is now. So I, it's not like I want to waste my time with people that really I don't resonate with. It no longer serves me. I notice that more and more I'm becoming more concrete with making yeah. wiser decisions on where where and who I want to spend my time with, even if it's business. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. But that's I just, what I'm saying. See, that's this part is causing people to do this. And that's why there's a little bit of a drought. Because where you may have been able to hang out before, get a tea, a coffee, or go somewhere, or go to the movies, or hang out, go hear music, or dance, or do something, it's not not enough anymore. Maybe it'll get back that way at some point, but I feel like there's, yeah, the discernment. And it's not even on an ego level or thinking, or I can't do this. It's like you're just being pulled away. So there is this great separating out right now, and that's why there is this little bit of a a drought. Um, I feel for for many people. Yeah, I feel like it, well, Okay, they're, they're, I'm being corrected now. In a way, it's a drought to us, but it's it's a it's a vacuum that's being created. This space, yeah, and and always the universe fills up a vacuum, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So it'll be filled. It'll be filled. And I hear it'll be filled a little bit differently. It's not going to be filled yep. in the same way. Um, yeah. One of the things I do feel that's going to be happening for many of us is that um, there will be more space in between connecting, but when there's the connection that's there, it yes. will be deep and profound. Oh, so, awesome. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been so a there may be like times where you don't. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I just, it's been a while, like, that I understand exactly what you're saying. And the more and more I'm, like, in tune, that's the, uh, what's the word? 
that's the the count that that's the counterintuitive part of this is that it's, it's like you're doing the work on yourself, you're changing, your energy changes, therefore people around you change and they you outgrow them, they outgrow you, whatever. And it's this ongoing yeah. cycle. And it just hit me with when you just said that, like, it's more spread out yeah. from when you find people of your tribe and then, you know, like, you out, you don't outgrow them. But, you know, you just go your separate ways and then um, somebody else comes in. But, um, yeah, I just, it's been a while like this. And it's kind of like the Robert Frost with, you know, taking the road less traveled. You know, yeah. it really, it's a solo job. It's a sole job, S-O. U L and it's a S O L E job. So yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. 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 It is. Yeah. <laughs> You're it's um yeah, it's um I do feel it's gonna change, but I feel this piece of it, this part of it, there is some kind of recalibrating of the energy to requalify it on a kind of a, on a group soul group soul wave level where um, what you need is changing or, and how you need it. And so our energy yeah. is changing. The quality of our energy and our interactions is changing. And so because of that, yeah, there, there is more space. Absolutely. There's more space. I, I, I wish you much love and happiness you know, enjoy during these holiday season and I'll definitely connect with you again. But thank you for the, the, the kindred spirit um talk. It's, it's, yeah, I, I really feel your energy and you're in sync. And I like that about oh, you. So. Oh well thank you. Thank yeah, you. we're finding each other. It's it's just there's spaces and you know, some of it's online and some of it's a certain space, but just know what you're connecting to. Even in our connection, you will have that in a form that is more, you know, that you'll be able to touch more. You know, it'll, it'll come in in, in in other absolutely. forms. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, all right, Amla, you, you take good care. You too. You too. You. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hi, welcome to Awakenings. You're on air. Hi, Michelle. It's Nicole. Hey, Nicole. Hey. Thank you. Thank you. I just want to say thank you so much for all of your YouTube videos. They've been so good. And I just, yeah, I I subscribe to a lot of people on YouTube, but your videos are definitely my favorite. I I just look forward to every time we get a new one. Thank you for all of all. Thank you. Yeah, all the love and energy you've been pouring into them. Oh, thank you. I've been loving, I, you know, I wish I could just sit and do more of them because there's so much, you know, especially now with all these changes, there's so much information coming through. So that inspires me um, to be able to do more, especially these updates. I mean, the energy pattern, you can really feel how it's changing. Yeah, yeah. They've really been resonating with me. Um, so I wanted wanted to ask you about I've been I'm driving my car that I got way back in high school so my car is now over 20 years old and um I you know I'm connected to the my car I love it and I feel like she's still got some life in her but I'm also feeling a call to to finally get a new car so I'm mm-hmm. wondering um 
what you're feeling as far as if, if is this a good time to do that? I know we've got a lot of possible chaos coming up, and so, you know, it would be a big financial decision for me. So I want to know. I'm hearing if, wait, wait. It could be next year, but are you moving? Am I moving? Yeah. Not planning on it. <laughs> Not, okay, well, something's changed. There's some kind of transition are you, is someone moving from your house? There's some kind of bigger transition. I think they're going to know more probably end of January, February. Um, okay. Now, by the way, I do feel the car is okay. I'm not getting anything. Unless you already feel yeah, it or I, something. Yeah, I also feel the car is just still going strong. Um, but I, yeah. I feel like you know, I am being held back in the sense that you know, like I, I like to go to the beach and to the mountains and, and hiking and things. And like, I'm worried about driving up to the mountains and things like that. So I'm not doing that. So right. in that, in that sense, I, do I would say it's back. not just right now. Yeah. I would say, um, Yeah, see, that's what I saw. There could be something new, but maybe it's a job or something. There's something new coming in for you. It's like a, but it's something pretty big. <laughs> so it could be a different job or a new or a new job or a new direction. I keep getting next year, and maybe it's Pisces time, February, March, okay. February to March, and okay. you'll be more. Um, there's something you're going to realize by staying in the network that you're in right now, whatever you're doing, whatever your routine is. Um, is there some place that you could just get out and walk? Yeah, I do do that. I, okay. I, I go to perfect. the beach regularly. Okay, perfect. And even the beach, even um, – at night or, or, you know, or more sunset or three or four. Um, I, I keep getting like a street where you can window shop. I feel like there's a lot of little boutiques or something. Right now, whatever you're doing, the walking-wise is, is helping you. I, I'm, not, I'm not getting that you yet need to be too far out of your – into another area. Okay. Okay. Um, I think something's good. I don't know. There's something coming in, and if it's not a move, it's something that feels like a move. I don't know if someone comes, lives with you, or leaves, or there's a different job that comes in. Um, are you looking at something different job-wise? Um, well, I'm not planning to leave my job, but I am in school to do something totally different. I'm in school for holistic oh. wellness. Oh, yeah. maybe that's um, it. Okay. So if an opportunity okay. you, came up, that would be wonderful. Well, maybe that's it. Maybe that that's an opportunity uh, that comes up that – because I it could be doing what you're doing now and something else comes up, like on the side. I don't know if it's apprenticing or, or you're working with somebody that's in that field, helping them or doing something. So there is something that's going to cha change your uh, routine and your schedule, and that's okay. really going to be the time to, to do that. Okay, wonderful. Okay. Um, and I was wondering so, – oh, go ahead. go ahead. 
I'm just wondering if Spirit had any any messages on like exactly what I should be focusing on the next couple of months or any like book recommendations while I'm just okay. Let's see. So getting clarity. Well, here's the thing that they first told you're not getting clarity, you're becoming something, you're becoming clarity. So you're some things are gonna happen or rise that show you what you want to do or again an opening or an opportunity. I, I'm going back to that saying, luck is preparation meeting opportunity. Yeah. So there's something you're going to be preparing yourself for that, um, you know, gets you. You do need new influence. That's why the walk at the beach or if there's a a little neighborhood with shops or cafes or something where you're looking around, maybe different neighborhood or walking in, you know, something. If you you do that kind of variety, then you're going to get some new input. New ideas and new input in. That's mostly what I'm seeing right now. It's almost like um, I know this is a weird analogy, but you know, like when you're putting your pants on, like jeans or something, or sweats, and they're partially on, but there's more that has to come up. There's something that's coming up from within you, from the bottom up within you. There's something like foundationally that's building and that's coming up and then, Oh, I got my pants on. I got my jeans on or my sweats, whatever. So Uh that's more what I see. It's not so much that you're having to get clarity. It's like, there's something in you that's like, I also call it marinating. There's something that's marinating within you. There's something that's cooking. There's something that's happening. Yes. That's what what it feels like. That's what it feels like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So once that's more done, then there's this opening. Then there's this opportunity. And that, that okay. shows you, oh, this is more the direction, you know. Okay. I definitely feel there's going to actually be more um, money as well. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah. So you're going to have the, you know, you're going to have the, um, um, yeah, the finance. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Thank you so much. You're welcome. So welcome. <laughs> Keep us posted. We'll want to know how you're doing. And all of those, you got it. You know, it's just sometimes you're doing everything. I feel like you're clear. You're, you have the clarity. This just has to the cooking, processing, marinating, and then the the opening comes in. Okay. Yeah. You. So I wanted to jump jump out of the pot, but I'll keep cooking. <laughs> I know that's it. I know that's I think the biggest lesson for for all right now is like. And again, that's like my, with my talk about duality. See, that's the that's our surface mind. That's our ego. It doesn't. It wants to be in or out. Do it now or do it no or don't do it. It doesn't say do it later right. because that that's about <laughs> ambiguity, right? So a lot of us want to do something now. Like, okay, it's this. I know it's A because A happened two times in a row, so it must be A. And then we wait a little longer, and then what happens? There's A, B, C, and D, and we're like, oh, oh, no, do 
we do C and D or do we do A again? And it's like, nope, you just got to wait it out. Just let it be and do what you're doing. Okay. Well, that's really reassuring to know that I'm, I'm on the right track and I don't have to really yeah, do anything right now. Are. No, just what you're doing. Just do what you're okay. doing but more consciously so that you know there's a reason why you're doing what you're doing. It makes sense. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely right, so, feeling so much more connected to my soul. So. Oh, that's what this is all about. We're learning how to let the soul lead. And, and it's, right. it's, it's a little bit odd because the soul doesn't – the soul already knows what's happening, past, present, future, future, up and down, everything. And so the soul is like just loves each, all these experiences. It's just, so it doesn't, it doesn't mind. It doesn't think that it's having to wait, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I've been learning every time I get like a no or a door closing, you know, instead of getting disappointed or frustrated, like I just, I definitely feel like, okay, that that's just, Spirit was is guiding me a different way. Like that's just not what was meant for me, and something better exactly. is in store. I do know that now. You, yeah, use it all. It's all being used for you. It all is coming from you. The quantum aspect of you, the all that is aspect. Right. And all of this stuff is coming from us. That's the whole. That's the whole trippy trip. <laughs> the cosmic <laughs> joke is that. We're all, all of it, all sides of it, we're all doing. And so as we reconcile it in ourselves, it gets reconciled in our circumstances and extenuates out. Mm-hmm. So I once had a car that, it, love it, it, it was only going 35 miles per hour. There's things, we talked about the mountains, there were certain things I couldn't do. And a couple of my friends, get your car. I said, no, because I slowed down. There was so much I saw because I like zipping around. There was so much I saw and so much more intentional I was, I, I was allowed to become in my, in my travels, in my, in my uh, to-dos, wherever I was going, that I not only saw so much around me that I missed, but so much within me by using that energy and saying, okay, I'm going to lead it this way and consciously use what's happening. To not go fast, to be distracted or go um, fast and miss anything. Right. All right, Nicole. Stick around. We've got a great guest coming on. Thank you so much, Michelle. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. Let's peace. Bye. Hello. Welcome to Awakening Show on Air. Oh, hi. Thank you. Hi. This is who am I Jamie. 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 Hi, Jamie. Jamie or Jamie? Jamie. Jamie. Hi, Jamie. Welcome. Welcome to the program. Thank you. you. You mentioned um, while you were speaking earlier that we will be getting messages from our greater good. I guess I'll put it that way. Um, Yes. So I've been getting a message recently. And we spoke of forces may ring a bell. My son, who has seizures, Ollie. Oh, yes. Um, so I, we began homeopathic remedy of copper, and the message mm-hmm. working with a specialist. The message came to me to give the dosing 
5.15. So at 5.15 a.m. I gave 5. And at 5.15 p.m. I gave 15. Good. So I did that dosing. And the message came through, too, through meditation and Reiki practice that it'd be five days of kind of some healing crisis and we'd see a shift. So we went through right. five days. At the end of the five days, I once again was seeing that five. And I tapped into it more and um, believed it was the fifth chakra, which I looked into, and it's the throat chakra. So my aunt, who's a Reiki master, and I did some throat work on the chakra, um, did some, like, um, past life healing and release some energy. Um, but that number is still sticking around, the 515. And I think there's um, a deeper path for me. And I, I'm feeling a connection even between my other son. They're both, they're both very young, but I feel like, I'm sensing them as a five, and I'm like the one between them. So I really have homework to do some deeper meditation. Um, but as you mm-hmm. mentioned that deeper insight today on your program, I thought I'm going to get in the queue. Oh, good. Well, fives always have to do with change, new direction or new influences, something coming in. And also it can be um, a birth of something. It can also it has to do with self-expression, creativity, uh, five or the fifth house um, in astrology also has to do with pregnancy, birthing okay. something new. And 515 has to do with opportunities, fresh starts, new opportunities that bring positive change. So it's also about connecting more to what's more most life-enhancing, a life-enhancing mindset, a life-enhancing attitude, kind of what I was saying at the beginning of the program the, the, the positive possibilities that something can turn around. There can be something even better than what we consciously or cognitively want. Um, so, yes, definitely has to do with enrichment, things getting better in one's life as well. Well, that's great. Okay. That feels so good. Oh, Good. All right, Jamie, thanks for calling in. Uh, Stick around. We have great guests coming on uh, live in, um, well, I think right now, actually. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the insight. You're so welcome. Bye. Okay. Yeah, always keep us posted. We we all love to hear um, how everyone is doing, and everyone is so supportive of each other. All right, it is time for our second half of the program. We have our Awakening Dialogue today with Deborah Keston. And Deborah is a holistic nutrition researcher, award-winning author, and health journalist uh, with a specialty in preventing and reversing obesity and heart disease. Uh, She served as nutritionist on Dean Ornish, MD's first clinical trial for reversing heart disease through lifestyle changes, and also is the Director of Nutrition at Cardiovascular Clinics in Europe. Uh, Deborah is also the founder of Whole Person Integrative Eating, which is a science-backed program for halting, even reversing, overeating, overweight, and obesity. She's also a VP contributor at Ariana Huffington's Thrive Global. And we're going to be talking about her latest book, Whole Person Integrative Eating, a Breakthrough Dietary Lifestyle to Treat the Root Causes of Overeating, Overweight, and Obesity. Um, All right, let's see. Hello, Deborah. Welcome to the program. My utter pleasure. Glad to be here. Yes, I love Dean Ornish, by the way. Such a trailblazer. 
He's a trailblazer and brought the truth of health and healing back into the culture with lifestyle medicine. I completely agree with you. Yes, and all the with the heart, yeah, lifestyle medicine. Oh, I love that. Great way to put it. Boy, we need this now because no one's talking about immune system, immune, 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 immune system, diet, nutrition. I don't know. Maybe there needs to be a different word. I know you call it dietary lifestyle. I like that. I like how you put lifestyle um, in the title because I know diet, a lot of people raises their little hairs up, you know, diet, ah, you know. Um, no, thank you. What fun? Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. So yeah. fun. Uh huh. Yeah, but dietary, you get to the because we all have a diet. I mean, it doesn't have to be that horrible four-letter word that you run from. But I guess when you say dietary lifestyle, then it's like, oh, I have some choice here. I'm, I'm co-creating something here in my life. Um, so many ways I want to go with you on this, but. Let's start with this first and foremost, even just to clarify what you're meaning by dietary lifestyle for people. Thank you for starting with that question because I I want to, when, when people hear what I do and what I write about and what I do research about, well, I want to say, no, 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 not nutrition, not the way you think yeah. of it. And to answer your question, without going into right now what whole person integrative eating is, and here's the answer to your question. 2,500 years ago, during the time of Hippocrates, who's often called the father of medicine, the word diet meant way of life. Today we might call it a lifestyle, but way of life. And over the centuries, the word diet traveled throughout Europe and, of course, to the States. And it has come to mean what it means now, which is a rigid, regimented, prescribed way of eating. And whole person integrative eating is based on ancient food wisdom and the ancient meaning and original meaning of the word diet as a way of life. It's not something you go on and then off. It's a way of eating a lifetime practice as you might practice yoga. Mm. Something you get better and better at. Okay, I like that. Yeah, so that it's good that you're putting that in the, you know, and kind of debunking that and, and bringing in the, the true meaning, the definition. Because um, I do feel, and, you've, and obviously you've had this experience, a lot of people balk at that word it's like god in a way they just don't want to hear it and and clam up or don't want to do it because it it seems to be something that's going to be restrictive Um, well you know dr phil often uses that question how's it working for you um i I think in in the in the states uh as i speak over or about 50% of Americans are on some kind of rigid, regimented, prescribed diet. Everyone's familiar with the keto diet and paleo diet. Mm-hmm. And the, the concept is, here, here's the story behind whole person integrative eating, if, if I may. Mm-hmm. It answers the question, why is it so hard to eat less, lose weight, and keep it off? And once upon a time, for thousands of years, 
people ate the whole person integrative eating way. And that means that they ate fresh food, they ate whole food, and they ate mostly plant-based food, fruits and veggies and whole grains, beans and peas, nuts and seeds. And they would forage for this food. And as a society grew, the world population started to eat together and have meals together and enjoy food together. And then one day, about 100 years ago, which is when nutritional science evolved, all this kind of changed. And because of, of nutritional science over the, throughout the 1900s, we learned to what I call eat by number and count calories and carbs mm-hmm. and figure fat grams, all familiar. And mm-hmm. what my co-author and principal investigator and I have discovered from our research with more than 5,200 people, we've identified seven new normal overeating styles. And the eat by number and the dieting and the counting calories and obsessing about the best way to eat, all normal. We call this the food fretting overeating style, and it leads to overeating Mm -hmm. and weight gain. And since then, since we've learned all these new normal overeating styles, we've been gaining weight and overeating. Whole person integrative eating shows us what and how we ate for thousands of years. And what we discovered with our research, it shows you when you replace the new normal overeating styles, which I'll be glad to tell you about, you eat less, lose weight, and keep it off without Mm. traditional dieting. Mm. So what? It, and by the way, I got to tell you, the producer of the show been reading your book and just loves it. It's really helping her. So I had to pass that on. <laughs> I talked to her this morning. I thought, Thank I you. Her. A lot of people oh. resonate with it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um, she liked that it was it's holistically based. She said you brought the spirituality in. You brought these different parts in. So it, it, she said not doesn't feel overwhelming, and you know it, it, it's satisfying these different areas, different ways to look at. Um, the, the issue around uh, food. Now, no, you talk given, about... Oh, yes, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. I'll remember what I was going to say. Go ahead. I, I was going to say that Wilbur Olin Atwater was the chemist about 120 years ago who started doing research and putting together all this eating by number that's normal to us now. And he told us, it's going to be familiar to all of you, food is fuel, the body is a machine. You've heard that. And what whole person integrative eating tells us, because it's based on ancient food wisdom from world religions, cultural traditions, and it tells us that food, you can't get more spiritual than food and eating. And what I mean by that is animal foods such as fish and meat and poultry are 
for, have the life-giving properties and depend on the elements, as do we human beings. Plant-based foods, fruits and veggies and whole grains, beans and peas, nuts and seeds, depend also on the elements and air and soil and water and light to thrive, as do we human beings. And if you, well, I taught whole person integrative eating to graduate students uh, in San Francisco, and they kept wanting to know what's the spiritual part of whole person integrative eating. And the key element of it is this. If you do not become one with food and food with you, you do not survive. And you can't get more spiritual than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's so many metaphors, whether in religious texts of, of spirituality, you know, the food for thought, um, spirits as food, you know, nurturing the soul, um, the, you know, the fish, this, this whole idea of, of sustenance. Um, I wonder if you noticed in your research, just as you were, were sharing this, um, Deborah. Because along with this, which reminds me, it's probably when we went into specialization, separating things out, um, you know, this other kind of mechanistic point of view of just calories and fuel. Because, um, as you know, food is much, so much more than that. Um, I wonder if the judgment around food or how we eat or that we even need to eat um, plays in or, or the emotional aspect. Uh, to food, if that has anything to do with any imbalances in eating. Yes, complete and gaining weight. Here, here's the. Let me give you the key concept, and then I'll answer your question, if I may. My yes. mission is to help the millions of people who struggle with their weight. I won't go through the boring statistics. Or all, so many of us are struggling with weight and overeating. And my book, Whole Person Integrative Eating, it's a science-backed yet simple and powerful paradigm shift that gives us step-by-step skills to nourish your whole self, meaning body, mind, and soul literally, and I'll explain that, so you can eat less and up your odds of losing weight and keeping it off. And the Odyssey began in whole in New Delhi, India. My co-author Larry Sherwitz was invited to present at the first international conference on lifestyle and health. And I used to write for magazines, and I thought, oh, I'll be in India. I'll do an article on yoga and diet. And mm. I was honored by interviewing Dr. K. L. Chopra a clinical cardiologist who's the father and mentor of Deepak Chopra. And when I asked him my first open-ended question about yoga and diet, his response was immediate. And he said, prana is the vital life force that goes through you and me and into food. And when we eat, we infuse food with consciousness and we ingest that consciousness with which we prepare food when we eat. And he was quoting the scripture from the Bhagavad Gita, which is the 4,000-ish-year-old 
scripture for Hinduism, the world's oldest religion. One of my favorite books. And I left yeah. that interview thinking, he is talking, here's a clinical cardiologist talking about Hinduism, a 4,000-year-old religion, and he's talking about infusing food with love. And I thought, mm. if Hinduism espouses this, surely other world religions and cultural traditions and Eastern healing systems, India's Ayurvedic medicine, Eastern uh, Chinese medicine, Tibetan medicine, mm-hmm. have figured this out also. And that started me what I call my nutrition journey around the world. And I tell people, don't be envious. It was from my computer. And <laughs> what I distilled from all this research about ancient food wisdom are seven perennial principles. And I did a program uh, on whole person integrative eating on spir- in Spirituality and Health magazine. And before people took the six-week course on whole person online course on whole person integrative eating, they filled out a 76-item questionnaire. And they took the eight-week e-course, and afterward they filled out the same course. Uh, I can now call it What's Your Overeating Style course. And what we discovered is this. More than 5,200 people participated from all over the world, and what we discovered is, one, seven overeating styles are the new normal way of eating, that leads to overeating, overweight, and obesity. And over the course, as these 5,200 people replaced their new normal overeating styles with the elements of ancient food wisdom, the whole person integrative eating program, they ate less and they also lost weight as a natural side effect of what and how they were eating based on whole person Mm. integrative eating. So to answer your your emotional eating element, the seven overeating styles we've identified, one of them, and they're all in the world of science, statistically significant, they, meaning they're dependable measures on whether you're going to overeat and gain weight. And one of them, of course, is emotional eating, which is turning to food to manage negative feelings, such as anxiety or depression, And the antidote, and I don't want to make it sound like this is a quick, easy tip and go out and do it Mm -hmm. and everything will be fine. The antidote is to eat with positive feelings and to do this by being aware of your feelings and thoughts before, during, and after eating. Mm. So there's a mindfulness aspect then to this. Well, that's one of the over that's the antidote to one of the overeating styles. So what that means is one of the overeating styles, the seven, is what we call task snacking. Eating while doing other activities such as working or driving, watching TV at your computer, all normal. As the antidote mm-hmm. to that is mindfulness eating to bring moment to moment non-judgmental awareness to every aspect of a meal. Mm. So two of the overeating styles are emotional eating and task snacking and the antidotes is mindfulness eating and positive emotions. Let me tell you an interesting story instead of just listing this. This is based on ancient food wisdom. 
And when we talk about emotion, and I should say ancient food wisdom verified by modern nutritional science. So let me give you an example with emotional eating. 5,000 years ago, the original yogis were called rishis, and they used their own mind-body as a laboratory to discover what and how to eat so they could be calm and relaxed and meditate, but also be alert enough to, to eat. Mm-hmm. And well, they're, the diet they now follow, uh, Hindus follow, is what we would now call lacto-vegetarian, meaning plant-based foods, the fruits, veggies, whole grains, beans, peas, nuts, and seeds, with small amounts of dairy food, lacto-vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Well, flash forward to the 1970s, now 5,000 years later, Researchers at the uh, Massachusetts Institute of Technology, Judith Wortman, took some rats and she fed them a real high-carb meal. I think it was potatoes, which is very Mm -hmm. high in carbohydrates. And this is in our lifetime or the lifetime of many. And what she discovered is that about 20 minutes after these animals ate a high-carb meal, they released a natural hormone in their body that went to their brain called serotonin. And serotonin calms and relaxes you. So Mm. I bring that up because when we're anxious and depressed, most people turn to the carrot cake and not the carrot because Mm -hmm. high sugar is a pure carbohydrate and white flour in cookies and cake is a dense carbohydrate. And when you have a dense carbohydrate food, donut, for example, it releases serotonin and calms and relaxes you. It works. So the mm. that's one of the new normal overeating styles, emotional eating. We didn't used to eat this way, we would eat, again, fresh whole food. And mm-hmm. whole person integrative eating, I give you specific guidelines about fresh whole food you can eat without getting this sugar crash. You can get the serotonin hit mm-hmm. and get calmed and relaxed. But here's, here's another level. I'm saying that the high-carb hit from emotional eating of with sugar and, and carbs and cake and cookies it works but what i'm also right. saying is that you get you've heard of this the sugar crash hits also yeah and when you yeah. eat sugar lots of high sugar stuff it'll give you that calm relaxed feeling but because high sugar foods are pretty much nothing but calories to metabolize the sugar your body has to take vitamins and minerals and other nutrients from your cells. So you ultimately can, one, become malnourished if you eat mostly lots of processed, high-sugar, hard-carb foods over time. And it's going to add to being depressed and anxious because you're not going to have the vitamins and minerals your mind-body needs to stay calm and relaxed and to be healthy. Yeah, as soon as you were talking about the potato, I was like, oh, the mix is the sleepy time. <laughs> you know, Go for those potato chips, yes. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. You got it. And then you get, yeah, you get a little uh, sleepy. Times a good way to put it. Yes. Yeah, it's a good way to tune know. out the the horror that yeah. most of us are experiencing. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It works. Yeah. Um, and it's legal. It does. Uh huh. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I have to pass this on to one of the clients of mine because always does the task snacking. She's asking about that. I don't know. A couple of weeks ago. Um, uh-huh. She's a writer, writing her second book, second or third book, and she's gaining weight because she's eating. Every month. In order to write, she's eating. So I'm going to have to tell her about your book, and, you know, and tell her your task snacking. That's what this is called, task snacking. Well, you know, uh, what I suggest to people to do this, you can, some people do well with, let's, I want to change everything right now. Uh, most of us mm-hmm. need micro steps. And one, mm-hmm. one, comment I suggest when I used to do coaching is, okay, you're working, you're anxious, it's very stressful when you're writing right. very often, you're on deadline, and I'm suggesting when you eat, just for that minute or two, take a bite of your food, close your eyes, take a deep breath, chew your food Again, uh, one of the overeating styles is sensory disregard, not tasting your food and savoring it and appreciating mm. it. So I'm suggesting when you're going to eat, you're at your computer, you're watching TV, just for that moment, look at your food, take a deep breath, let those shoulders relax. And mm. with your eyes closed, Take a bite and enjoy the food, even if it's a donut, even if it's carrot cake, even if it's your favorite cookie. When you're eating, eat and enjoy it. Mm. Then go back to your computer. Then go back to the TV. Uh, Again, another study that showed when you're under stress, uh, these researchers uh, monitored people in a movie house watching a pleasant movie and watching a stressful, sad movie. It was Love Story, the movie Love Story. And the people in the research project, when they were eating and popcorn and watching mm-hmm. a sad movie, they ate a lot more than when they were watching mm. a joyous movie. So your emotions and your surroundings have a big impact on what and how you eat. And I'm suggesting don't stop your life and take a five-minute break or a 10-minute or 15-minute break because that's not normal in America yet. I'm hoping, right. <laughs> I'm hoping Americans yeah. learn over the next 15, 20 years to do what is common throughout South America, common throughout uh, cu- cultures for thousands yeah. of years, to yeah. take a break and eat with others in a pleasant atmosphere. But that's not yeah. going to happen overnight. So take a deep breath, relax your shoulders, close your eyes, and enjoy your food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see already how that would make a difference because you don't have the, the the judgment there too. You're bringing in again that enjoyment, that life, that prana, life force animating energy is allowed to, you know, come through. You got it. Um, yes. Now, 
Deborah, you mentioned this correlation. The you've been you mentioned a few times this ancient food wisdom, but also modern nutritional science, and you you it seems you've married the two. Can you talk a bit about that? Um, I know you touched upon it a little bit with Hinduism, but the modern what is the you've got the ancient food wisdom, and then the, what is that, and then the modern nutritional science. Well, I. When I interviewed Dr. Kale Chopra, and he talked about the Bhagavad Gita, ancient Hindu scripture, and he talked mm-hmm. about infusing food with, with love, with prana, your consciousness, I went, I was fascinated, and the thought wouldn't let go. So mm-hmm. I researched, again, the key concept is this, which I have not clarified. Before nutritional science, and eating by number and all these new normal overeating styles, the the new way we've learned to eat in the last hundred years, human beings turn to scripture. They turn to the Bhagavad Gita. They turn to the Hebrew Bible. You've heard of the Jewish culture dietary laws. Mm -hmm. They turn Mm -hmm. to Eastern healing systems such as India's Ayurvedic medicine, such as China's traditional Chinese medicine, Tibetan medicine. They turn to cultural traditions such as yogic nutrition, which is thousands of years old, for guidelines about what and how to eat. This is what we did before nutritional science evolved about 100 years ago. And so I researched all this ancient food wisdom, and I, this Larry and I, co-author Larry and I, behavioral scientist Larry Sherwitz and I, distilled, I said, how am I going to talk about this to anybody? And mm-hmm. we distilled it into seven perennial truths that have been consistent over time. And that's what the whole person integrative eating program is. It's going back to what and how we ate for thousands of years. And I took each of the seven principles of whole person integrative eating based on ancient food wisdom. And I'm I'm a research snob, I call myself. This is not my personal opinion. And I have verified it by modern nutritional science. One example is the yogic diet that I just mentioned to you, lacto-vegetarian, which ancient Mm -hmm. yogis called rishis used to use to meditate and keep calm and relaxed for meditation. Verified by modern nutritional science, we now know that plant-based foods keep us calm because they have carbohydrates in them, keep us calm and relaxed. I'll give you an example Mm. of mindfulness eating. We talked about task snacking, eating while doing other things, one of the new normal overeating styles. And the antidote is mindfulness eating, to bring moment-to-moment non-judgmental awareness to every aspect of the meal. And some Mm. examples about how this works, particularly in terms of weight loss, is this. A researcher named Donald Morse, he took female students and gave them a high-carb meal to eat. And he did two things with this high-carb meal. He asked the female students to meditate for five minutes before eating it. 
And he also asked them to do mental arithmetic for five minutes before eating, which is what most of us are doing, working at our computers, mental, left brain, linear, stress, task snacking. And what he found is these female students who meditated five minutes before eating produced 22% of an enzyme in their saliva called D-alpha amylase, which helps you break down and metabolize carbohydrate foods. Because metabolism starts in your mouth when you salivate and look at food when you're hungry. So that's one example. But here's another example. Dean Ornish, whom we mentioned when we started talking, what he, his program, let me clarify for people who are listening, I, was, I should tell you also, I was the nutritionist on Dean Ornish's first clinical trial for reversing heart disease and lived with the heart patients for almost a month. And co-author of whole person, yeah, and co-author whole uh, Larry Sherwitz uh, of whole person integrative eating with Dean Ornish's director of research for more than 20 years, and they still collaborate on research. So I really know this stuff. Dean Ornish's program for reversing heart disease is based on ancient yogic lifestyle. And what he did is he took, because people with heart disease do not metabolize dietary fat and dietary cholesterol very well. He took a no-fat-added plant-based diet, stress management, which is yoga and meditation, and exercise, which in his case often meant walking, and also social support and connection, and showed you can actually halt and reverse heart disease, which is very often too much plaque and calcification in the arteries, with these four lifestyle changes alone without drugs or surgery. So having said that, what uh, Dr. Ornish did in one of his studies, follow-up studies, is he looked at the data and he found that the more people in his program meditated, the less they ate and the more weight they lost. I mean like 13, 14, 15 pounds. And those that did not add added dietary fat to their diet and meditated lost the most weight. What I'm saying is your consciousness when you eat affects the way in which food is metabolized and in turn your weight and your well-being, mind-body well-being, helps to balance your mind and body and you eat less and ultimately weigh less without dieting, but as a natural, pleasurable, positive way of eating. Mm-hmm. More of a, yeah, which is the, the lifestyle. Um, yeah, probably yes. you've meditated yes. quite a bit. You actually need less, you need less food. It's very interesting how that is. I have found that. Um, but has that been your experience? Is that what you're saying? Or people you've talked yeah, with? Yeah, absolutely. No, it's been my experience. Um, 
And I don't know if it's because you're getting more life force animating energy, the more the prana, the chi from the meditation, but um, less, yeah. It, no. I don't know why, less but it could be you're, you're conscious of what you're eating and you can then pl- tune into actually eating what and the need. experience. If you're, if you're task snacking while you're eating, your, your mind body doesn't register that you're you've eaten if you do not let me let me talk a little bit about the other elements for this to make more sense the antidote to one of the overeating styles is fast foodism eating lots of processed uh, high fat uh, denatured food and the antidote to that is no surprise eat fresh whole food in its natural state as often as possible. And I'm suggesting is to eat fresh whole food in its natural state as often as possible, not as a rigid, regimented way of eating, because fresh whole food has all the vitamins, which is, again, how our ancestors ate for thousands of years, has the vitamins, minerals, phytochemicals, antioxidants, fiber, in the right balance to help balance mind and body. And it is these nutrients that help your mind-body heal. Mm -hmm. That's part number one in terms of what to eat. The other six overeating style antidotes, whole person integrative eating program, are about how you eat. And that includes eating mindfully we just talked about that as the antidote to task snacking eating with positive emotions and feelings is the antidote to emotional eating it means not dieting food fretting counting calories obsessing about the best way to eat and the antidote i call that food fretting the antidote to that is to appreciate food and its origins from your heart, not in your head. Oh, thanks, okay, thanks, I've got to have this food. Mm. I mean gratitude from the heart. Again, it's not weird when I say this to you because we have human beings have had a tradition of blessing food and saying blessings of gratitude for thousands of years, not something I'm making up. This affects the way you metabolize food. The Fourth overeating style is sensory disregard. Ancient food wisdom, I was listening to a lecture by a Tibetan medicine physician, and there was clearly a raw fooder in the audience who kind of kept interrupting and saying, are you saying that we should eat cooked food and not raw food and that cooked food's better? And uh, this person was asking this, maybe two or three times during the lecture. And finally, the doctor of Tibetan medicine said, and this is based on Tibetan medicine, Eastern healing systems for thousands of years, and Ayurvedic medicine and Chinese medicine. He said, we do not gauge food as being optimal for you based on whether it's raw or cooked we base it on the whether the meal has all six flavors sweet 
sour, mm-hmm. salty, bitter, astringent, pungent. That is ancient food wisdom. And to know that means eating not only with mindfulness, bringing your attention into your mouth when you're chewing and tasting yeah. the flavors. Yes, what a different way to eat. Yes. That's what has been normal and it's not normal anymore. The sensory disregard overeating style is normal. Not savoring the scent and flavor and colors and the flavor of food and not infusing food with loving regard, with, which is what Dr. Chopra was talking about. Yeah. To eat with a consciousness. We, we have in our culture, you've heard this, cooking with love. It's in our culture. Yes, we receive, and, and, we yeah, receive it. Nothing I'm making up. Yes. This, and I ve- no. verified this with modern nutritional science that this makes a difference in how foods metabolized and ultimately your weight and well-being. And the antidote to sensory disregard is to savor and flavor food with loving regard, to savor the flavors and aromas and the colors and the mystery of life in food when you eat and here's an overeating style that surprised me unappetizing atmosphere even in unpleasant psychological surroundings and unpleasant I don't do it I cannot do it I am such a Deborah, I'm a snob on that one. I cannot do it. I even traveling. I want to. I'm like, if we're going out, it's got to be nice and beautiful. The scents, the smells. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, because you're taking all you're of that there, in, huh? right? You're, yeah, I you know. know yeah, it, it was, I just don't want to do the unpleasant. The yeah, the. Um, I love hearing that, and <laughs> that the contrast to that is eating at a fast food joint with fluorescent light or while you're jamming a 500-calorie muffin in your mouth while you're getting gasoline in your tank. Yes. Oh, Yeah, not pleasant. I'm I'm with you. You know, you're bringing up something interesting. The one of the women I I coached for a year who replaced who'd been obese her whole life. She replaced all seven overeating styles with the ingredients of whole person integrative eating. And like you, Michelle, she decided to start with the appetizing atmosphere antidote to the unpleasant atmosphere overeating style. Mm. And this woman worked at home and she would sit in her her lazy boy chair and with her laptop and eat and work all day there. Aesthetics, as with you, were important to her. And she mm-hmm. decided to start with creating an aesthetically beautiful place setting. And sitting, she was in a small studio apartment and would get up and eat with beautiful cutlery and placemats yeah. that she bought specially. It was important to her. And she started to shift her overeating styles with the aesthetically pleasing atmosphere she created. Instead of the unpleasant atmosphere of sitting yeah. in her 
living room at the computer working all the overeating styles and it it worked for her so you've got one of them down to a to a so I sent a kid I don't I'm know it's a natural thing with me yeah <laughs> oh Deborah I could talk to you forever um this is so interesting and um interesting and very useful um we're out of time now but I so appreciate you coming on and anytime you'd like to come and share any of your projects um that would be great um, Thank what a you. great book and what a great um gift to people to start creating that lifestyle that really nurtures and supports them into that optimal health um, and wellness. So I thank you for being on the program. My utter pleasure. Enjoyed it very much. Thank you. I wish everybody health and healing on every level in every way throughout the world. Oh, beautiful. All right, everyone, that was Deborah uh, Keston, founder of Whole Person Integrative Eating. We've been talking about her book, Whole Person Integrative Eating, a breakthrough dietary lifestyle to treat the root causes of overeating, overweight, and obesity, um, based on lifestyle medicine, really a revisioning of nutritional health. And as you can see, um, she's really bringing in a holistic approach um, in this really life book, workbook, life book um, that can help you make those changes that you want to make. All right, everyone, as always, it's great to connect with all of you. Uh, for all things Awakenings, guest suggestions, topic suggestions, you can email us at awakeningspodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, as always, continue to share your light, shine your insights, and, of course, keep awake. Awakenings broadcast every Wednesday, 12 p.m. Pacific Time. Archive shows available on iTunes. For continued awakened conversations and insights, join the Awakenings group on Facebook. And check out Michelle's blog at soulplayground.com. And keep awake. Are you awake?